The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Now more with Bill Meyer. Welcome to Wheels Up Wednesday. And you can join the conversation at 770-5633-770-KMED. Email Bill at BillMeyerShow.com. The Facebook.com slash Bill Meyer Show feed is up right now. If you notice me uh, moving a little bit funny in there uh, in, on the camera from time to time, I'm working out a little hitch in my giddy up, and I, I don't exactly know what happened this morning. I had a great night's sleep, and uh, I don't know if you've ever had something like this happen to you. It could, it could be because I'm 62; I'm no longer a kid, right? But uh, you know, I, I I woke up and I'm feeling, oh, I'm gonna get ready to go take a shower, get set, feed the cats, and you know, do all that stuff. And I get out of bed and I try to stand up, and I kind of like half collapse. It's like my my left leg in the hip kind of like had this little spasm or something like that. It's like, whoa, never had that happen before. So I started dragging my leg around and kind of, you know, hobbling as if I was, uh, you know, 96 or something like that. But uh, so I'm still kind of working that out. You know, you have to. Uh, well, you know, it's uh, we, we all hope that we uh, make it longer and longer and longer without uh, having any uh, problems. But. You remember back when you were a kid and how uh, how interesting it was in which you ran everywhere and you woke up in the morning and there was never any pain on everything because everything was fresh and new. And this is just the, the way it goes. And I remember when I was a little boy and I would hear my parents and my grandparents and great-grandparents. I actually had great-grandparents for a little while, young family, you know. And uh, it um, and, you'd, and you'd hear them complaining, oh, why? What's wrong? I feel fine, you know. Oh, well. But you still feel the same inside, don't you? Isn't that the interesting part about uh, about aging? And an aging country, an aging world, and uh... but anyway, that's. But if you see me hobble a little bit or or creak, you'll know why. I'm working it through. It must be just some kind of a muscle spasm. It's okay. They're not going to have to shoot me like a lame horse. At least I hope not. Of course, I don't know. You know, state of state of. Uh, uh, Oregon is very big on assisted suicide. How long will it take before they just decide to say, you know, you're costing a little bit too much and, you know, cost versus benefit. And you conservative talk show hosts, uh, you cost too much to society. You're preventing progress. <laughs> so we'll take. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, comrade. Stand up against wall. Wahaha. All right. Well, I know that's more of a conspiracy theory Thursday rant. But anyway, uh, any, you can join in. 770-5633. Kind of a rainy, showery morning. No complaints about that. Hopefully some snow in the mountains. We'll always want to see a little bit better summertime water. We'll see how that goes. Speaking of water, let's see. One of our top local stories here. Tomorrow, the Medford, this is in the Rove Valley Times today. Medford City Council to decide on multicolored 15-foot sculpture for the Rogue X entrance. Oh, it's quite... Quite colorful. Southern Oregon artist's vibrant metal X sculpture could mark the entrance of the uh, of the aquatic warehouse. City Council tomorrow decides whether to lock in a multicolored 15-foot welded metal X as the concept for the $100,000 public art project. Adorning Rogue Credit Union's community complex. You know, they know it as Rogue X, okay? Artist uh, Melissa... Giglieri's, I think that's how you pronounce it, or Giglieri's uh, updated proposal for the X sculpture to adorn the entrance as the new Rogue X aquatic and recreation facilities includes a Medford inlay at the concrete base and the city of Medford's M logo on a swimmer's cap front and center. And $100,000, $100,000 for the multicolored hued 15-foot sculpture at Rogue X, part of public uh, 
art, you know, I guess you have to have a certain percentage devoted to public art. I think that's a, a state law. Maybe it's a regional law. I don't know. Or a county or no, it's probably not a county law. A county would never do anything like that. Have you looked at county buildings? <laughs> I don't think they worry too much about that, but uh, I'm thinking about that. $100,000 for a metal sculpture X in front of the aquatic warehouse. Well, you know, look at it this way. Look at it this way. As ridiculous as that sounds, and I'm sure the artist is very nice and very talented. I just kind of questioned the need for something like this, you know, Rogue X. To to me, this is something that, uh, you know, if you want to have welded metal sculptures out there, it's something that probably uh, people should pass the hat and, you know, do something that they would like. That's the way I would look at it. But I'm not the benevolent uh, dictator of the world. So this is what I'm going to consider. If they end up putting that $100,000 welded X multi-hued colored uh, sculpture out in front of the aquatic warehouse, you know, the Rogue X, I'm thinking that we're just going to refer to it as, uh, you know how they say X marks the spot? Well, X marks the spot where your park utility fees are going for the next 20 or 30 years. And they'll probably end up raising that over time, too. All right. Just think about that. Oh, that's where my uh, utility fees are going each month. Another five bucks a month for the next uh, 10, 15, 20 years, however long they extend that out as they expand it. So just think about that. The X will be X marks the spot where your money is. Okay. I think we've got that pretty. That's all right. $100,000 just to tell you where your fees went. I, I know, I know they sold it to you saying that to other people that the tourists were going to pay for it. No, you're paying for it. We're paying for it. All right. Let's see. Portland Business Journal reporting Oregon Senate passes a bill capping insulin out-of-pocket costs. I don't know why I have trouble saying that. But anyway, you're not going to pay any more uh, for $35 a month for uh, insulin. To reduce the price cap on insulin to $35 for a 30-day supply down from $75. Senator Deb Patterson, Democrat from Salem, says no Oregonian should suffer because they can't afford basic life-saving medication. Senator Golden on his virtual town hall last night also mentioned that he thinks that this is a, uh, a good idea. My only question will be, all right, if you're going to intentionally cap the costs on something like that, that means that has to be made up somewhere. That means the uh, insurance rates will go up, right? And or there is the possibility that there could be insulin shortages because anytime you end up saying that, uh, well, we're going to make this cost less, even though it doesn't, mm, I don't know. We'll have to see how this plays as uh, as our comrades in the state senate and the state house decide we're going to we're going to decide how much everything costs. We'll decide how much your your home costs and everything else. <laughs> All right, so a couple of stories there. We got the rogue X, we got the uh, insulin capped, and I'm sure people will go, "Hey, I'm getting something for nothing or for less at least." Yeah, they'll probably be okay with that. Those are easy sells in a corrupt people these days. It's uh, 20 minutes after 6. This is the Bill Meyer Show. Let me go to the phones here. The, the phones are lighting up high. Who's this? Good morning. Welcome. Hi, my name is Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi. 
Bill, it's your sciatic nerve. You're old, and <laughs> it is something that you need to pay attention to. There's exercises online that you can do, and then you're behind won't hurt anymore oh my well it doesn't hurt oh i just it just kind of collapsed out from underneath me i couldn't i had trouble moving my leg for a little while it's kind of like dragging it around yeah right that's what happens oh it is okay yes it is so it's your sciatic nerve you need to do exercises and then you'll feel better oh okay well i'll do that well i don't feel badly right now i'm just kind of like going how did it it, it's not like it hurt you know it's just sort of like just didn't work you know? Right, right. That's what happens at your nerve. Oh, okay. Well, I'll get okay. that. I'll get that looked at. Okay, appreciate okay. it. Okay. All, All right. right. Bye. Yeah, because I don't. I don't want that. I don't want the system taking me out back and saying, "Hey, you're you you're not functioning anymore. You're like a lame horse. We got to shoot you." Right. Oh no, they don't shoot you. They just beat you. Oh, they beat. Oh, they beat us. Okay, that that, that makes me feel much better. Thank you. Yes, it does. Okay, bye. Yeah. The beatings are wonderful because uh, it feels so good when they stop. You know, the state government. Especially, uh, <laughs> let me go to line two. Uh, good morning, KMD, KCMD. Hi, who's this? Welcome. This is Minor Dave. Hey, Dave, what's going on I, with you? Huh? Uh, I read a report that I predicted they'd find, but they found uh, chrome at uh, Klamathon Bridge coming out of uh, the sludge of uh the Klamath Lakes. Yeah, I'm going to be talking with Captain Bill Simpson about that at uh, 8:10 yeah, this morning. That's an that's an article that he has in the uh, Siskiyou Press. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was fighting that with the BLM or the uh, the environmental people, I was telling them <clears throat> I discovered in the BLM data sheets that uh, there's all kinds of chrome around here. I got my neighbor on my ranch. He could have a big ass mine. Uh, but he doesn't want to do that. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. Like I said, we'll explore that story with Captain Bill, who's been doing a lot of journalism on this uh, issue. The slow motion uh, environmental catastrophe known as uh, oh, restoration for the fish after blowing well, out the bridges. Be a super fun now. Yeah, it makes you wonder. I know that's the question that he posed. We'll talk with him about it. All right, thanks, Dave. Appreciate hearing from you. Let me go to another line. Good morning, KMD KCMD. Who's this? Welcome. Hello. Good morning, Bill, Bob, and Medford. Hey, Bob. Me? How you doing? Hey, on the issue of the sciatic nerve, do you carry your wallet in your back left pocket? As a matter of fact, I do. Okay, that's impinging on your sciatic nerve. Get it the hell out of your back pocket and carry it somewhere else other than your hip pockets. Okay, so I will put it on my right hip. Maybe that'll equal it out for a while. How about that? Well, get it, get it out of both because <laughs> there's, there's a strong correlation to that. No kidding. And uh, yeah, it's not a wise tale. It's impinging on the sciatic nerve. So, so I'm finding out. Well, you see, my wallet is fat. You know, it's filled with all sorts of uh, you know tons of cash because I'm just you know rich and. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that. I swear. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, I swear it's fat <laughs> yeah. because of cards and uh, and ID cards and this cards and business cards and all you the still rest have of it. Photos of your honey in it. Uh, actually, I don't do that. It's in the phone. Oh. I do that. Do oh, it okay. that way. Instead. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Get the wallet out of the back hip pocket. Put it in the front pocket or elsewhere, and uh, that will help. All right. By the way, I just wanted to ask you, since uh, you have uh, also critiqued the uh, aquatic warehouse, as have I, and anybody else with half a brain, uh, yeah. would um, do you think that the $100,000 sculpture is a reasonable marker for where our uh, aquatic, our park fees are going to go you know, for the next? Uh, no, no, I don't. And, I, I, you know, they say up to 100000 so it'll be interesting to see where it, where it cashes out at. Because mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, the, the the young lady that's doing the art also got to do the $60,000 columns underneath the um, viaduct. And so she's... Uh, the columns underneath the viaduct, uh, all, are you talking about the ones that uh, were kind of like uh, graffitied or... Or... The puppy dogs and oh, the uh, that's octopus right. with tentacles. Oh, and, okay. You know the 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 that. So she did that. She's done other work. She's she is a nice artist. I don't want to knock. Oh, her. no, not not knocking the money. art. I'm just knocking the potential yeah. that we're uh, that we're taxing ourselves for such things. That's all. Oh yeah, I agree. I don't know how much of that is pot tax money versus general fund versus our utility mm-hmm. fees, but it, it'll hopefully come in way less than that. But I don't know by how much, but. To me, it's lipstick on a pig. Well, I still say that it'll be yeah. X marks the spot where uh, you know where the money suck will continue for the next uh, decade or two. Okay. Yeah, just don't dig a hole because you won't find any of West Howard's <laughs> silver coins buried underneath it. That you got. I think they would have found them by this time, given all the digging that had been going on out there. All right. One would think. Huh? All right. Appreciate the call. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Bob. Six twenty-five at KMD KCMD line two. You're up. Hi. Who's this? Good morning. This is Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing Better, okay. Maybe? What's that Good. now? What's that? Better. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Like I said, I'm not, I wasn't hurting too badly. It's just that it was the, the weirdest thing. I'd never had that happen in my life, you know, waking up and uh, just putting my feet on the bed, on the floor, and then all of a sudden, ah, like I was half paralyzed. Well, it was weird. Welcome to my world. Really? I'm 75, so it's been a while, but welcome to my world, yes. <laughs> but that's okay. It, you'll survive it. Okay. My my thing is on the city council. Yes. And they're going to vote on this statue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, the uh, the rogue X, uh, the whatever. welded welded steel yeah. X, you know, that kind of thing, multicolored, et cetera. The art, yeah, mm-hmm. the artwork. Uh, how much are they going to pay for it, the city council? I think if they vote for it, they should have to pay for it. Why should the citizens have to pay for something they don't have a choice over? Oh, but the citizens will have the enjoyment of the of the – of knowing no, that no, they're... no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 you're not buying that, huh? <laughs> no, I'm not buying it. Okay, so, I live in Ashland and they put all kinds of crap up, and I never even look at it. I just, I, I don't, I can't even tell you anymore what, what's what. Okay, I don't, I so, don't even look so, at it. So, so you're, you're not in favor of this, uh, this little, I, I have a feeling though, if I recall, and I haven't looked it up, I was just looking at the story this morning, but I do believe there is a state law. Or some law in planning that requires you to spend a percentage a percentage of a public project for some art with it. I don't know what the formula is, but you're you're kind of required to do it. I guess it's kind of weird, but you know. Uh, well, let the state pay for it then. <laughs> but but, but of course, the state there. can't. Well, the state can't pay for it without taking it from us on the other side. You know that. Yeah, well, one way or another, we're screwed, Monica. Come on. I know, just screwed, isn't it? Uh, all right. <laughs> so at least we can smile and be happy as we're being screwed. All right. Uh, thanks for the call. I love that. It's a uh, six twenty-seven KMED KCMD. Coming up on the next Hughes Lumber with Hang two on by just fours a get together. Only one have, thing can happen. I, I, okay, Walls I have get an built. operator error Check here because I dropped all my papers onto the control. The control is where the sound comes out, and then it uh, it's screwed up, and so we are not going to have it just be not... No sound doesn't work on radio. Let's try it again. Coming up on the there next Hughes Lumber. When two by fours get together, only one thing can happen. Walls get built. Check out the studs, followed by contractors and do-it-yourselfers, featuring lumber, hardware, and siding. 
starring Dex, additions, and ADUs. It's the return of Home Enhancements. But watch out for that naughty pine. Get the best build for your buck values at Hughes Lumber, your top show for quality, price, selection, service. So don't miss Hughes Lumber on Crater Lake Highway next to Garrison's. February is for sweethearts and sweet savings on a new Ford at Butler Ford in Ashland. Joel here, and nothing says I love you like a brand new truck in your driveway, especially when you can finance a new Ford F-150 at the low, low rate of 1.9% for 72 months. And here's another sweet low rate deal, your choice of Ford Escape or Ford Edge with 0% financing for 60 months. Come to Ashland for low rates, 1.9% financing on Ford F-150s, 0% financing on Ford Escapes and Edges. That's how Ford's cost less in Ashland. Remember, Butler says yes to 0% financing. Butler says yes to bigger discounts and rebates. Butler says yes to giving you more for your trade. Butler Ford and Truck Center, just 12 short minutes south of Medford, right off of exit 19, where we've got your truck, your SUV, and certified pre-owned. Looking for a quality used car, truck, or SUV? Start your search at butlerpreownedsupercenter.com. That's butlerpreownedsupercenter.com. 60 monthly payments at 1667 per thousand finance and 72 monthly payments at 1471 per thousand finance on approved credit through Ford Credit Financing. Offer ends 229.24. If you're getting ready for a winter road trip, click on the travel report on KMED.com. You'll find the latest road conditions, road cams, and gas prices all over our region. Be prepared with a travel report on KMED.com. Sponsored by Lithia Body and Paint on Bullock Road in Medford. Tax time is always frustrating and nerve-wracking. Ease your headache and nerves. Have Pat Hurley be your voice. He knows the tax laws. And as a former IRS agent, he understands your rights. Call Pat at 774-1040. Hi, I'm Paul Strandberg with Valley View Nursery, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. All right, now I'm going to do something that might actually make me throw up in my mouth a little bit. And if you're watching on Facebook, this could be very entertaining. But no, in all seriousness, though, I'm actually going to say that there is a bill that could be moving in the Oregon legislature, which might actually be good. And 99.999% of it is just total crap that is uh, being pushed out there. And I'll have to talk with Eric Peter about this uh, because I have a feeling he would enjoy this, too. Oregon legislature advances right to repair bill over Apple's objections. I'm looking at this in the Oregonian this morning. And uh, the legislature advanced this bill, and it would give you the right to repair your electronic devices because you don't really have that right now. A lot of times, the especially Apple, Apple's been real good about that. Oh, I'm sorry. The only way it could be safe and secure and the only way can, things can be done is that you send it back to Apple, and uh, it will cost $500 to repair your iPhone. But a new iPhone is like uh, $1,200. Exactly. Buy the new iPhone. That's sort of what's been uh, been going on. That happens for a long, long time. Same with cars. And um, Senator uh, Janine Solman from Hillsborough, a dam, uh, said overwhelmingly consumers just want to be able to fix their things. So Solman's a co-sponsor of this bill. It would require manufacturers to make it possible for uh, folks to repair their consumer electronics on fair and reasonable terms. So we'll see. And um, I, I think this is quite interesting because this has been a racket done by manufacturers for quite some time. And it's next to impossible to get something fixed or you can't get the parts for it. Or, you know, Apple used to have that really, what was that weird? Uh, I have old classic iPods that I use. I have like three or four of them, old school iPods. And I store all my music in that, you know, thousands of songs. And I have that. And they had that old uh, proprietary uh, old Apple 
plug type thing. You know, Apple was always doing that kind of stuff so that you had to you couldn't get a cheap USB plug and plug it into something. You always had to get the Apple port, which was always 10 times more expensive than everything else. Apple's one of the uh, bigger violators of this stuff. But uh, anyway, we'll see if this ends up going through. It could actually uh, be a good thing. And like I said, so I'm throwing up in my mouth a little bit, saying that a Democrat might be actually moving something kind of sort of maybe okay. But at least you know I'm being fair about it. It's uh, 632. Hi, KMED, KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? McKenzie. Hi, Mackenzie. What's going on with you? I um, just wanted to, you were talking about how much of a construction project, at least in the state of Oregon, is required to go toward art. Yeah. And now, there is a law about that, is there not? I was pretty sure there was. There is, and it's different for different states. I think there's 27 states that have that requirement. In Oregon, it's 1%. 1% of a, of a product's uh, or of a project's worth, right? Is Yeah, minimum. And so, like, I don't know if you've seen our... Uh, Mackenzie? McKenzie? Hello? Oh, gosh, I lost me. I, her, her call dropped. It sounded like she was going to make a really good comment there, too. McKenzie, call me back. We'll get you back on, okay? Eric will be joining me, too, for Reels Up Wednesday. It's all coming up on KMED and KCMD. So 1% of a $70 million thing? Okay, all right. Sweetwater Sanitation are your experts in the sanitation business. With over 20 years of providing septic services in Southern Oregon, Sweetwater Sanitation gets the job done the right way. Sweetwater Sanitation can inspect, service, repair, and pump your septic tank so you can focus on enjoying time with friends and family and not a septic disaster. Give them a call at 541-821-1426 or check them out online at swsmodoc.com. Sweetwater Sanitation, their service is the difference. Two Dogs Fabricating is a truck and trailer equipment company. Service bodies, flatbeds, dump trailers, racks, and more. They transform your truck and trailer into the ultimate work rig. Two Dogs Fabricating can custom design and build a bed and trailer that's specifically designed to carry your equipment. Plus, we have North Star flatbeds, Pacific Truck Service bodies, job box and buyer's toolboxes, lift gates, Delco dump trailers, everything you need to do the job better and easier. To get outfitted, go see Two Dogs Fabricating on Brian Way off Sage Road. Visit twodogsfab.com. News sponsored by Caveman Heating and Air. It's the climate and we control it. Call Caveman Heating and Air at 541-476-0009 or cavemanheating.com. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 morning news update. Tuesday, we spoke to a local law firm representing alleged victims and their families in the possible drug diversion case being investigated by Medford Police at Asante RRMC. In addition to the alleged deaths, we're hearing that there could be dozens of victims who suffered other adverse effects potentially linked to the same alleged drug diversion case. We spoke to lawyers from Schlesinger and Develneuve. There are two main ways they are determining whether or not their clients were potentially affected. The first is if Asante had directly called them or a family member, saying that Asante suspects that they may have been a victim. According to the attorneys, the Asante representative encouraged their clients to undergo testing for blood-borne pathogens such as hepatitis and HIV. The second way involves the attorneys examining medical records and chart notes to help determine how likely it was that they were affected. And the Grants Pass School District's GP Flex campus had its grand ribbon cutting on Tuesday. GP Flex is designed for students 6th to 12th grade to give them academic support in a flexible fashion. It started as an online program, but has since grown to a whole campus next to Grants Pass High School. The campus comes with four new classroom spaces, as well as a cafe for students and staff.
And that's a look at your morning headlines. For local news anytime, head to our website, kobi5.com. And for NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. Happy Valentine's Day. Access your stored items safe and secure. Storage at Exit 24 has all sizes of units with traditional outdoor access that are brightly lit with wide paved drives. Affordable RV and boat parking is available too. Conveniently located off I-5. Storage at Exit24.com. American Rancher Garage is your premier auto care provider. Serving Medford, Central Point, and the Rogue Valley. Providing nothing less than the highest quality standard of professionalism on every single service and repair. Call today. Appointments are available for oil change to engine change. Get the peace of mind you deserve at American Rencher Garage on Biddle across from Elmers. 499-6673. 499-6673. American Rencher Garage. We stand behind every job we do with service you can trust. Homeowners, ever wonder what's going on up there? In need of a repair or replacement? Stephen Westfall Roofing, Inc. is at your service. Whether you choose metal, tile, or composition style, we're your go-to roofers. Now offering financing with low monthly payments. Get approved in two minutes without affecting your credit score. Call or text today and get an estimate tomorrow. 601-9108. That's 601-9108. You can also check us out on our Facebook page at Stephen Westfall Roofing. CCB 230804. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is the Bill Meyer Show. Wheels up Wednesday, rolling down the highway, rolling up the trail, wherever it is. And uh, if there's someone who is uh, going at a nice clip because he's a highly skilled driver, that would be Eric Peters. You'll never see Eric Peters being a left lane bandit. In fact, you'll probably be the one who is honking at the left lane bandit to get the hell out of the way. Right? Would that be fair? Uh, yeah. Never so. I don't waste my time honking. I just get around them. And by the way, I think today's bumper should have been Electric Avenue. Remember that one? Oh, okay. We'll make another one for that one. <laughs> Electric <laughs> Avenue. Oy! Of course, I hate everything about reggae. I just hate the reggae beat. I, don't I know. do, too. It's do you? It's atonal. I can't abide it. Yeah. All right. See, you're a brother from another mother. I know that's another re- one of the reasons why I love you. It's like even <laughs> I Shot the Sheriff by Eric, by, uh, Eric Clapton. I would hear that. It's just like, all right. It's like, fine, fine. It's a decent song, you know, played a thousand times a day back when I was a kid, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, oh, yeah, those songs, uh, you know, I heard them enough back in the day so that I hopefully will never have to hear them again. Although I do not mind hearing the original Layla. My wife, of course, likes the D Bald Layla, you know, the later version of Eric Clapton, you know, the one which is nice and slow and things like that. And, oh, uh, okay. I was confused for a moment. I thought you were saying Lola, which is apropos of our times, of course. Yeah, I know. But uh, but Layla, you know, Layla, yeah. there's the original Layla with Eric Clapton back with yeah. testosterone. And then there's the D-testosterone version, which the women yeah. like. So, you know, I yeah. like the I like yeah. the one with uh, with the almond, with the almond. Was it Dwayne Almond? Yeah, Dwayne Almond playing think, the guitar. Yeah, yeah, Cher's ex, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that uh, Greg. I always get the two confused. Yeah, you know, that's Greg. Dwayne was the one yep. who died in a motorcycle crash yep. shortly after that. So. Yep. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Hey, Eric, um, I'm, I'm talking about something which is near and dear to your heart a few minutes ago. And uh, we'll, certainly we'll talk about the EV and everything else that's uh, that's going on. But the Oregon legislature, in spite of all of its, uh, you know, corruptness from the Democratic Party that uh, that rules our state. In fact, every state that's one party rule is kind of that way because absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so Oregon is corrupted absolutely by Democrats. That's just the way it goes in this state, maybe different in your state. But uh, they're actually doing something which might make some sense. 
They're advancing a right-to-repair bill, and Apple is completely teed off at them. You know, it's like, and but uh, you've written about this quite a bit on EP Autos over the years. Yep. And is there, it, now this is for electronic devices, so you would have the right to repair them, and uh, you, know, you wouldn't ha- necessarily have to send it back to Apple uh, for a $500 repair when a private shop might do it for a couple hundred mm-hmm. bucks, you know, that kind of thing. So what's the status well, of that? Cars are fundamentally the same. They've become electronic devices in a very real sense, and mm-hmm. not just the electric cars, just generally speaking, because everything in the car is controlled electronically. So, you know, if you haven't got access uh, to the necessary diagnostic equipment in order to uh, find out what's wrong with it, you really can't service it. And there's this big battle going on from, with the OEMs, the manufacturers, that don't want you or even an independent repair shop to have access to the necessary diagnostic codes and so on uh, to be able to service the vehicle. And so these uh, you know, attempts to pass right to repair laws are gaining traction around the country so that you know, if you want to take your car, let's say you've got a high-end car like a BMW or a Lexus, and you want to take it to your local independent repair shop because he's less expensive, than the BMW or the Lexus store, you'll be able to do that. And I think, you know, I think that bully, that's a great thing. It ought to be that way. I know that, uh, well, remember the story of uh, of John Deere, in which uh, yep. everybody puts a, a big copyright or a protection around their software. And, well, you know, you don't really own this, uh, you know, half-million-dollar tractor. You have a license to be able to use it for a while. It might be sitting on your property, yep. but we own the software. Something tells me... There's going to have to be a real a real attack on that kind of uh, thought process that we just own licenses to use devices. There's you know, and you're paying hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars in order to do that. Something's, there's something inherently wrong about that, really. Well, well there is, and what, what what's going to have to happen first is a dawning of awareness. You know, most people are still operating on the old model that when they buy something and pay for it, they mm-hmm. own it. You know, which was the case back in the day. Uh, I own my Trans Am, so if I want to take apart the carburetor or the engine, I can do that, and I can figure out how to fix it. Uh, I can get the manuals for it and so on and so forth. But these manufacturers increasingly say, well, you know, even though you bought the thing and even though you paid for it, we still have proprietary ownership over all of the essential technology that is, uh, you know, the thing that makes it work. And, and, you, and you can't, can't die, and so you're not allowed to diagnose it. Now, yeah. what has happened, how many states right now have right to repair on vehicles, on the actual car vehicles, or is there a federal law maybe on that? I don't know. I, I wish I had uh, done my due diligence before we got on the air. I haven't looked into it in a few weeks. The last mm-hmm. time I checked, I think there was something going on in one of the New England states. It may have been Massachusetts, but I'm not 100% certain of that. Yeah, I didn't tell you about this in advance. It was just something mm-hmm. I was mentioning before you came on the air. And I think, yeah, I think Eric would have a, a comment on this one. But uh, everything that uh, anything that puts power within the uh, the people to be able to repair devices that they paid for, then you're told, hey, this is your phone, or hey, this is your car. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, well, no, not really, that everybody still continues to claim ownership of the software, which is used to run everything. And that's where the problem yeah, well, comes in. It's even out. worse than that. I'll give you some insight. Two good friends of mine are both uh, independent mechanics. They both own their own repair shops. And they've had to stop servicing a number of vehicles because they can't. They, they don't have the, the necessary equipment in order to be able to do it. So when they get a customer for a particular brand of car who comes in, they have to say, well, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, I can't help you. You're going to have to go to the dealer. Is this something that you believe will have to be addressed more likely at the federal level rather than a state-by-state piecemeal? What do you think? Yeah, I'm not an attorney. 
<laughs> though I sometimes play one on TV. Right. The, the question is whether this is something that could be construed as, I guess, interstate commerce, which I think it could be in my layman's reading of it. Mm-hmm. This is certainly something that affects people in every state. So perhaps it is something that needs to be addressed at the federal level. And I'm not one of those guys that's always wanted to say there ought to be another law. But in this particular yeah. case, when uh, when people are essentially held hostage, and yet I'm also sympathetic to car dealers, too. I, I understand I, I have a foot in, in both of them. You know, I'm a consumer yeah. consumer guy. But I also understand that there are just millions of dollars wrapped up in uh, putting out a car dealer and a, and a service bay for the, you know to service the cars. And they have that uh, particular sort of stuff. Well, but, well, me too. I don't have a problem with dealers at all, to be very no. clear. But the fact is they were able to coexist in the past. There was never an issue back in the day. You know, you had your independent repair shops and then you had your dealer. And the dealer can offer things that an independent store can't. You know, they have different amenities, for example. Uh, they can give you a new car loaner while your car is in the shop that your independent repair shop can't do. So they have the same services but also different services. And, you know, the two can coexist, I think. Okay, yeah. And I guess, though, what has changed is because I wonder if there's some federal uh, software law and copyright law that really gets in the way on all those claims, like, hey, we own no, the no, software. No, not at all. I can, I can speak to that uh, specifically. This is all about their attempt to generate a new revenue stream. It's all about mm. proprietary technology. They do it on purpose, uh, you know, with even even to the extent of things like uh, the, the LCD displays that you and I complain about all the time. They're specific to that particular brand or maker model of car. Uh, so it's not a generic thing that you as a consumer can go out and, and deal with on your own or have your independent shop deal with. You have to have it dealt with by the dealer. And it's partially because the margins on cars have gotten a lot slimmer than they were in the past. And that's oh. also why they're data mining you when you drive. They're trying to figure out ways to make money that are different from the ways that they used to be able to make money. That's also one of the reasons why they're really happy to have you have a connected car. You're paying the fee for that. And then yep. there's a, a revenue stream involved when you do Spotify or you'll subscribe to this, XM. And it's also one of the reasons why they want – I also understand that uh, – they really like the idea of getting free FM and AM radio out of the uh, cars, you know, for that reason. Because oh, oh, absolutely. And they would like very much to have you subscribe to options like heated seats, for example. Instead mm-hmm. of just buying the option and it's yours, uh, you, in order to be able to use it, you have to pay a monthly or yearly fee in order to be able to use it. You can see the day coming in which there's almost going to be a uh, road warrior type reaction to this, in which in which the hackers are just going to hack the daylights out of cars sometime sure. engines and, sure. and just come up. All right, here here's your iPad that can replace every touchscreen on any vehicle, but like an iPad type device, and they uh, they just hack it and they and they port it for different vehicles. You can see that coming. Yeah. Yeah, you remember the old cartoon, the black and white cartoon from I think Mad Magazine back in the day, Spy versus Spy. Yep, sure do. That's what it's going to be. Spy, Spy versus Spy. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, you have a great article on uh, EP Autos today that I wanted to talk about, and we've often wondered, and you and I have talked about this for years now. How is it that we have all of these CEOs at big car companies, with the exception of like uh, who, who's the guy who used to run uh, Solantis? Or Stellantis. Oh, uh, Sergio Marchion. Sergio, he's he's no yep. he's no longer around, yep. I guess. But uh, you know, he was one of the rare exceptions you could tell was a car guy. You know, yep. really into it and wanted to give the customer what they wanted. But I've wondered how you have all these CEOs. Why these CEOs don't seem to be fighting back and just getting in bed with Uncle Uncle Sam mm-hmm. about everything and not fighting back? And what do you think is the uh, is driving that? 
overall? Well, you know, ultimately at this point, they are just managers, and they could manage practically any business. And they they take in so much money now; it's almost impossible for people like you and I, and even people who earn a quote unquote good living, to even fathom it. For example, um, Mary Barra over at General Motors, her annual compensation approaches thirty million dollars. But they're not all that profitable, are they? No, they're not that profitable, and it's also disproportionate. You know, if you look back, I referenced 1970 when General Motors um, uh, was, I think, roughly owned about 48, 49% of the entire North American car market, and Chevy by itself, Chevrolet division, had a larger market share than General Motors, all of it, has today. Mm-hmm. At that time, the guy who was the head of the, co- the company uh, took home, in today's dollars, about $6 million every year. So Mary Barra is being overpaid as contrasted to back when General Motors made tons of money and employed lots of people and had huge share. Okay. Well, yes, yeah, she's she's getting a, a great, an enormous amount of money to preside over a company that's dwindling. So there's that point. But I think the point that I was trying to make in the article is that people who make that much money in that brief a period of time, she doesn't really have any skin in the game. In fact, her skin in the game is to go along to get along. She doesn't uh, and cause issues that may cost her something with the uh. government. So she goes along. Why wouldn't she? You know, $30 million for one year's work, and she's been there for 10 years now. So you can, you know, do the math and figure out how much money she has. What does she care? For her, a $100,000 EV is like you and me when we're standing in line at Dollar General deciding, oh, I think I'll pick up a Snickers bar. Yeah, see, she has generational money that she's earned and is able to right. uh, tuck away. All right. And it's a great article. Read it today. It's the uh, premier one on epautos.com. It's why they don't care. And you dig into that, why they don't care, why the CEOs of the vehicle uh, manufacturers uh, don't seem to care. And it's a really interesting take. Eric, the lines are full. You know, I always want people to be able to uh, comment with you and ask questions about what you do over at sure, EP I Auto. Enjoy, so. I always enjoy talking to All people. All right, let, let's, just, let's just grab them right now. Hi, KMED, KCMD. You're with Eric Peters. Who's this? Good morning. It's Roger. Hey, Roger, what's up? Um, I was just uh, wondering, I, you're talking about the programming and them setting it up as a proprietary thing. There's mm-hmm. some states that actually will fine you if you reprogram your vehicle uh, to perform differently. And that's true. I know my my son, he drives uh, commercially, and if he does anything to try and improve the performance of his vehicle or the mileage of his vehicle, and they plug into his computer and find out he's altered it, Mm -hmm. they'll find him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also avoid the warranty. I'm glad the caller brought that up. Yeah, you know, if, if you do anything like that, you take your vehicle in for any kind of service, even like an oil change, and they hook it up to the computer like they always do, and they find that out, they will void your warranty coverage. Yeah, something to keep in mind. So I guess uh, what, what you do is that you uh, maybe have two EEPROM chips, one EEPROM chip when you go in to get serviced and another one <laughs> for when you're actually using the vehicle. How about that? Huh? Unfortunately, they can plug into you when you're on the road. They pull you over and say, we want to check your vehicle, and that's when they catch you. Oh, all right. Well, sorry to hear that. Thanks for the call, though. I appreciate that, Roger. Let me go to line three. Hi, you're with Eric Peters. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Bill. It's Bob. Bob. I have a question for Eric. Two yeah. real fast ones. Eric, good morning. Do you have a classic motorcycle in your stable? Oh, I have several. Yeah, I've got, let's see, okay. an 83 Honda GL650. I've got a 75 Kawasaki S1 triple, and I've got my uh, old, steady, reliable 76 KZ900. Awesome. Do any of those three have a better rooster fairing on them? Because I heard a rooster in the background. Uh, well, they have a better fairing, but not the rooster. You heard the rooster, but they don't have the better fairing. They've got the, the, the GL has the factory 
Well, I guess that is a Vetter pairing, isn't it? Back then they got them from Vetter, didn't they, if I'm remembering correctly? The, yeah, Vetter, Vetter did the Goldwings before Goldwing made yes. their own. Yeah. And, my, and my Silverwing, yeah. which is an odd bike, they only sold it, uh, the 650 that I have for that one year in 83. I, I think it has exactly the same Vetter fairing that came on the Goldwing that year. Yeah. yeah. But, Would yeah. you say the Silverwing is a water-cooled Moto Guzzi? Exactly. It is. And yeah. I, you know, I think yeah. it's, it's one of the best bikes Honda ever built. I've had it mine forever, and the thing is a Swiss watch. You know, it just doesn't break, and it gets 60 miles per gallon no matter how hard I ride it. Now, Eric, uh, and let me just uh, touch in here. What was your other question here, too, Bob, please? <clears throat> oh, it was if he had motorcycles and if he had the rooster ferry. Oh, so. got it. Okay. All right. Appreciate, appreciate <laughs> okay. the call. Yeah, yeah, by the way, is that your rooster or a neighbor's rooster, Eric, that we no, heard? that's mine. He has figured out that if he comes up to the house, he'll get more food. So now he kind of camps out. Uh, where I'm, where I'm talking to you guys from, uh, near near my TV room, he'll, he'll camp out there and just look at us until we feed him. Yeah. Every time I think of uh, roosters and chickens, I always think there was this old. I want to say it was a thirty, thirty-five year old uh, Danny's ad, in which it was uh, they used the miracles. I'm just a love machine with the rooster strutting around. <laughs> I remember around. that. Oh my God, I'm getting vehicle. I remember <laughs> that. I'm just a love machine. <laughs> and, and the other chickens are going. Ah! As the, yep. uh, of course, they were advertising, you know, Grand Slam breakfast, I think, at the time. Yep. All right, let me go to line line four. Hi, KMD, KCMD. You're with Eric Peters. Who's this? Yeah, this is James in Selma. James, fire away. What's up? Yeah, I, was, I have a question on how many microchips are in the new cars. But first, I want to tell you about, I had a 46 Chevy pickup truck mm-hmm. with a foot starter, but it mm-hmm. had one red wire going to the key to the coil, and that was your electrical system. So if you had any problems, <laughs> yep. you just check that one red wire. Yep. Now there's no way anybody I, – I can't work on no car anymore, but uh, I was wondering how many microchips are in the new cars. In a typical car, is there any count on that, Eric? Do you know? It's dozens. Um, it, it Even to the extent of, of running things like your power windows and locks, you know, which used to be pretty simple mechanisms – now they have what are called body control modules that are effectively little computers that are connected to the bigger computers, and all the computers work together. The uh, power control relays or the power control unit, I think they call it, on my Chrysler. Mm-hmm. And there were some times I've noticed that uh, that sometimes the brains would scramble a little bit. And uh, I, th- I had that happen one summer in which the uh, windows would not go up and down. I'm thinking, like, yeah. oh, what's wrong? Because, you know, usually you think of it as a switch just turning on yeah, juice. on off, right? And then I realized yeah. that, oh, no, it, all the switches do is talk to the computer, and then the computer actually, you know, turns they were, opens the windows and, and rolls yeah, them up and down. It's so bad now that a lot of new cars, uh, even the headlights and taillights, things like that, are connected to a computer. It's no longer just an electrical thing that you plug into mm-hmm. a wire and, as you say, you know, on, off. Turn the switch on. If the current's on, it'll work. It, it has to uh, communicate with a computer, and then the computer tells the light to turn on. Yeah. Well, I had to unplug the or took or I had to disconnect the battery and let it sit for a little bit and then short things out mm-hmm. and then reconnected it. And then it worked again. It was one of those kind yeah. of things. How it uh, how I ended up uh, fixing that. Fortunately, though, it still it still has though an actual fan button and switch. I like that part, you know, instead of having a touchscreen. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, yours is an intermediary. You know, it kind of was built along the uh, at that time when there was this transition going from mostly mechanical to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so the newer you get, the more electronicized you get. And you know, I often say I'm not a luddite, 
But what is the benefit of this to the average person? Do your power windows work any better today than they did 30 years ago? I don't think that they do. Nope. And another part about it is that since there's not a, an actual analog switch there, if you end up uh, you know, falling into the water, let's say, I imagine your computer shorts out pretty quickly, just saying. You know, that might open sure. the windows, so you're going to have to break the windows, find a way to do that, to get out. Sure, and as the caller says, it's no longer a simple thing to diagnose it. You know, back in the day, it was a switch. You know, pretty easy to figure <laughs> out whether the switch is working or not, there and whether there's current going to the switch, and that was it. Oh, progress. I love that. Let me uh, grab another call here. Hi, KMED, KCMD. It's Wheels Up Wednesday, and you're with Eric Peters. <laughs> Who's this? Hey, it's Talent Tony. Hey. Hi, Tony. Tony and Talent, what's up? Hey, I, I, Eric. I love your show. Uh, Thank you. I had a question, but you, you often talk about the uh, little uh, cheap electric car you can buy in foreign countries, yep. China, wherever. Uh, do you know, are those uh, lithium-ion batteries in those things, or do they use lead-acid batteries in those, those little they cars? They don't use lead-acid. They, they use lithium-ion. Uh, even with the small ones, you need a, a fair number of those lead-acid batteries. And if you want to get a, a sense of it, go back and look at something like a Baker Electric, and that was a, an electric vehicle that was made about 100-something years ago. Uh -huh. So, yeah, they use the lithium. Well, what, are, you know, they're comparatively light compared to lead acid. Yeah, well, what would, what would be the possibility of using, say, uh, like a glorified golf car? You have 10 lead acid batteries battery, you know, in series. Uh, they're about 150 bucks a piece rather than, you know, $7,000 well, for battery. You, know, that, you make a very good point. Maybe you know, have a range. Maybe only have a range. In of, Florida, okay. where, yeah. they, where they have little golf carts that are that they're powered by lead acid batteries. Those things are absolutely perfectly adequate. Uh, for not yeah, around the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you're not trying to do 75 on uh, I-5, right? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you want to, you know, be able to, to get in something and go from your house down to the store that's a mile away, and you know, you're on a uh, a road that has a 25 or 30 mile an hour speed limit, something like that could absolutely fill the bill. All right. Hey, Tony, great hearing from you. Hope to hear more in the future, all right? Appreciate the call, 658. Hey, Eric, a couple of other articles I want to make sure people know about is that uh, you have a great skewering of Elon Musk. There are many yeah. things about Elon Musk that I admire, but I don't think of him as a, um, you know, as a ally of any sort. You know, he'll, even though he'll say some things every now and then that go, yeah, okay, he's right yeah. about that. But uh, you talk about how Elon was essentially... Is he the most brilliant man in the world, or was he the first one to really understand how to work the grift of the electric vehicle? And I'm thinking well, sure. it's... Yeah, yeah. and I'll preface, this, I'll, prefe I'll preface my comments by saying Hitler was right about a couple things, too. He did a great job with the Volkswagen uh, and the Autobahn. Exactly, you know? but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's always that but that comes after it. Uh, so, you know, Elon Musk has made a lot of money through grift and through strong-arming. And what I'm referring to here is... Uh, the shuck and jive called the carbon credits, mm -hmm. uh, whereby um, Elon can extract money from, say, General Motors or any other car company which hasn't met its EV quota. You know, the government puts down that you have to make a certain number of these zero-emissions vehicles. Well, if you don't make enough of them, what you can do is buy credit from Elon Musk uh, in lieu of building them and pay Elon. So effectively, Elon gets to build his business by bleeding uh, a car company that actually makes vehicles that people want. It, it weakens the other car companies. That's the, yes. that, that's the part that I thought uh, was, uh, was very well put in that. You take as an example Chrysler. You know, Chrysler that would be putting out the Dodge Chargers that people actually wanted, you know, and, that, and would pay big dollars for. They became yep. much more expensive because money had to be transferred to Elon Musk. Yes. 
So even uh, the, the, the story hinges on some news. You know, we've talked over the last couple of weeks about the downturn mm-hmm. uh, in the EV, and I put it in air fingers, quote, market, because it really isn't one. People aren't buying them. The production is beginning to slacken off. But that's been a boon for Elon Musk and Tesla. Tesla made another $2 billion approximately last year by selling these carbon credits. They've raked in uh, more than $10 billion total. Isn't that really where most of his so-called Air, air quotes, profit came from, were the carbon credits. That, that and stock market valuation, which, again, is artificial because it's predicated on the assumption that, hey, the government is forcing people to buy EVs. It's forcing vehicles that aren't EVs off the market. So in the future, there'll only be a market for EVs. Ergo, the value of Tesla goes up. All right. What do you have in the uh, driveway for a review next week? I know that uh, last week you had the Chrysler Pacific, uh, you know, the minivan, yep. which is, I guess it's the only vehicle they sell now, right? Uh, yeah, it's the last Chrysler, and ironically, it's one of the few vehicles you can still buy that comes standard with a V6, and that's true of uh, the other remaining minivans in the market, uh, models like the Kia Carnival and the Honda Odyssey. They still come standard with V6s. It's hilarious to me that minivans, which were once considered the most dowdy of family kinds of vehicles, are now kind of exotic in that they come with V6 engine standard. <laughs> V6 standard. Uh, what does the Pacifica go for, though? This is the part that I'm reading this article I couldn't believe. Yeah. How much they go in well, you know, it starts around thirty-eight thousand bucks, and I, I, don't, I don't have a figure offhand. It's it's in the review, but around that, that, and that's typically what they all start about. Like the Kia Carnival is a bit less expensive; it's the value leader in the segment. But if you were to buy the top of the line Pinnacle version, now remember, this is a Chrysler Pacifica, a minivan. Guess what it would cost you? Fifty. What? Sixty-two thousand dollars for a minivan. For a minivan. Now it does have quilted Napa leather seats. All right. Yeah, yeah. Something doesn't it's seem to. It's a very to... nice minivan. Oh, it's it, startling it, to me that, it, that, that it, a minivan could be that expensive. Well, on sixty-two thousand, it better be a nice minivan. But I'm kind of surprised that. Well, the inflation has been in everything, right? And and certainly, yep. in in vehicles well, it, for sure. It's by far the most expensive minivan on the market. And I think what Chrysler is trying to do here, and I don't think it's necessarily dumb. I mean, what you what you're getting here is basically an S class for eight. You know, I mean, uh, you get into a, something like a Mercedes S class or. Uh, you know, a Lexus LS or anything in that class. These are six-figure, high-end, full-size luxury cars. They can only take four passengers, realistically. They can't take seven or eight, absolutely not. And they have comparatively small trunks. Now you've got this nice minivan that has these nice, heated, quilted leather Napa seats, and it's got everything that an S-Class Mercedes would have. Plus, you've got tons of space for all your stuff. And if you're going to drive across the country... With a bunch of people, that's what I would take, not an S-Class Mercedes. And that's the way you do it. All right. You can read the review and more on Eric Peters Autos, epautos.com. Eric, what's going to be for next week on the review? What do you have in the driveway? Do you have one yet? You know, I'm not even sure. I like, I spend all my mornings uh, trying to do the background and get these articles going. Sometimes I don't even I've stopped paying attention to what, <laughs> what's coming on my schedule next. All right. Well, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Go feed the rooster, okay? Thanks. I'll do that. All right. Eric Peters, epautos.com. 703. This is KMED, KMED HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, KCMD, Grants Pass. Choosing a company to drill your.